share with you just some thoughts and ideas, whether they're adaptable to your life, you'll have to make that judgment, but on how to meditate on Scripture. Um, there's some blanks on the back of your bulletin where you can take notes. There's some phrases there as well that might help you in your study. Um, and so let's just begin with prayer. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, that you want to have a close relationship with us. You want us to know you in depth. You want to have a relationship where you can speak into our heart and our spirit. You want to transform our lives. You want to mold us to become more and more like your son, Jesus. So, Father, I thank you for your word. I pray that as we just spend a few moments this morning endeavoring just to show some practical ways to meditate on your word, I ask God that your Holy Spirit would make these applicable to each person's life here. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would give us a hunger for those moments and those times that we spend alone with the Lord Jesus and allowing the Spirit of God to speak to us. God, help us to guard those moments. Speak into our lives. Transform us, I pray. Help us today. In Jesus' name, amen. How to meditate on Scripture. Um, I remember when we were homeschooling our son years ago and we were going through Scripture and doing some things with him on how to memorize Scripture and how to meditate on scripture and one of the exercises in our homeschooling program uh, at the time was to take a verse of scripture and then just dissect it into phrases and segments and um, draw pictures of what those phrases were saying and ideas and thoughts and uh, and we had a we had a tremendous um, opportunity and tremendous time to uh, just really enjoy learning to meditate. So that was one thing I learned, but something that um, more on a personal note that I believe studying God's word is the most powerful, life-changing thing that we can do. And so I want to encourage you to make this a part of your, of your daily life. God told Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, he said, keep this book of the law always on your lips, meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Psalm 1, verse 1 and 2 teaches, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. So I printed on the back of your bulletin some questions to ask yourself when you're reading a portion of Scripture, and Really, to start this, I wouldn't suggest you take chapters and chapters and, and try to do this, but just take you know, one or two verses or a few phrases, and, and then ask yourself these questions as you meditate on scriptures. You just kind of sit there and read it over and many, many times. Just read it over and read it over and read it over, and ask yourself these questions and jot down. I encourage you to have a journal. Jot down the answer to one or more of these questions. Is there a command that you're to obey? Is there a promise that you need to claim? Is there a sin that you need to forsake? Is there a lesson to learn? Is there a new truth to take with you? And walk through those questions in your heart and in your mind and think about each question carefully. Just pause on each question. Each question may not be contained. The answer may not be contained in the phrase you're reading. But take time in your heart and mind to think about each question carefully. And as you meditate, the answers, I will tell you, the answers will come from God and His Word. 
if you'll just take the time. Now, as a matter of example this morning, we're not going to go through those five questions necessarily with these passages, but there's two passages I wanted, two main passages I want to uh, look at this morning and just kind of walk you through kind of um, things that, that I do and they, maybe they'll help you. And I want to focus on them this morning. And the first one I want us to look at is a Psalm of David. And I encourage you in your daily, I don't know what you do in your daily devotion, what you read, but Proverbs is a great book because there are 31 Proverbs. There's one for every day of the week. You know, 31, you, you go through them in a month. Or you can read a psalm, and that take you more than a month. But um, a psalm or a proverb, and then just bring it down to a few verses that you want to meditate on. But um, look at Psalm 143 and verse 8. I'm going to read it to you, and then I'm going to kind of unpack it a little bit. David says this. Let me hear of your unfailing love each morning, for I am trusting you. Show me where to walk, for I give myself to you, as the New Living Translation, the NIV, which is on the screen, says, Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. Let the morning begin, or let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you... I entrust my life. Here's a, friends, here's a powerful verse. And I want to tell you, just kind of as, as I read through this, what I do is I just pause on a verse like this, and then I meditate on it, I just think about it, I read it over and over slowly. And this is kind of what begins to go through my mind as I meditate on this particular verse. I look at this, Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. I start there with morning. I let that phrase just go through my mind, and I think about all the different times that morning is mentioned in the Bible, and how often Jesus got up early, and he went alone, and he spent time with his Father. And and the reality that this is what Jesus often would go and seek his Father in the morning. And to me, there's no time of the day that's more spiritual than any other time, but to me, personally, the morning is the best time for me to seek God. So that's what I always do my prayer time. When I do my, what many call devotion is in the morning. So the verse says, let the morning. So you just, I'm just sitting there thinking, let the morning, let the morning. If we start off the day with God, we're likely to walk throughout the day with God. Let the morning. Father, just let this morning, as I'm just thinking about you and, and your unfailing love and Just let it penetrate my own spirit. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. I'll stop and I'll just think about unfailing love. Wow. Unfailing love. There's no, there's so many things that fail in this world. So many things are are broken and so many relationships are, are fractured and, and so much, you know, people begin with, with love, and then it just kind of peters and disappears. And, and yet when we think of his unfailing love, even, even my love is not perfect, and even I am faithless, but God is faithful. His love never fails. There's nothing that I can do to cause God to love me more, and there's nothing I can do to cause him to love me less. 
Lord, let the morning, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. No matter what you do, God loves you. And he loves you not because of what you do, not because of who you are, but because of who he is. Love is not something that he does. Love is who he is. Lord, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. And, and as I, I sit there and I just think of that, wow, I, you know, even now you're probably sensing, you know, the, the overwhelming, absolute, uncomprehensible love of, of, of the Father, who, his unfailing love, even in the midst when we've blown it and we've done such lousy way of, you know, treating others or whatever, and we just sit there and say, oh, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. There's times, friends, that we just need to know his love never fails. Regardless of what we've done or haven't done, his love never fails. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. And then David says to God, now if you think about all that David went through, I mean, he was running for his life and all sorts of ups and downs. And, and he says a major statement here. Notice what he says. For I have put my trust in you. I put my trust in you. And so as you're just sitting there thinking, wow, God has a love that never fails. It just, it's inexhaustible. It's just always there. It's not dependent on me at all. It's dependent on who he is. And there's no reason why I can't daily say, Lord, today, I put my trust in you. I've got this meeting and these decisions and these classes or this event to attend or whatever. So, Lord, your love is amazing and and I know I can put my trust in you. So I'm just acknowledging again today, Lord, my trust is in you. And then what I do in my own devotion time is I just pause and I think about what am I trusting in? So many times I say I'm trusting in God, but the reality is I'm, I'm trusting in my own abilities. There's a tendency to trust in our own wisdom, our own strength, our own ability to try to figure things out. Because that's kind of who we are. We're trying to, you know, jostle and juggle things and And so I just kind of go through and say, what in my own life or where am I not totally trusting in God today? God, I know your unfailing love is amazing, incredible, and I want to choose to trust you. There's some areas where I'm not trusting you. And I just want you to show me me those and reveal those to me. And and I need to ask for your forgiveness because I'm not trusting you in that area. I'm trying to figure it out and trying to juggle things and jostle things. And then David says, show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. I love this. Show me the way I should go. And you're sitting there alone, and, and friends, it doesn't take very long just to kind of have a little conversation with God and think about his word. And so you're asking him, show me the way I should go. Now, friend, this is, this is kind of crazy. I'm a pastor of a church, and and so often I literally am making decisions without pausing to say, God, show me what to do. Show me the way I should go. So often, I'm like you, and you know, we, we just barge into the day, and, and later on we think, oh man, this isn't going so hot. 
If only I've asked, if only I'd have asked God sooner, could have saved myself some grief. Tuesday nights in our Hearing God seminar, I've been reminded to take time and pray and listen to God. Of course I should do that, but so often I'm just going through the day, I'm trying to make decisions, and it's crazy how often I'll try in my own strength to figure out what to do instead of stopping and saying, God, I want to trust you. Show me the way I should go. I entrust this day with you. A lot of times a common question people will ask me is, how do I know what God's will is? How do I know what God's will is? It's a really big question that we could talk for a long time about, but one of the things I always try to remind myself is this, that Jesus is the good shepherd, and he leads the sheep, and he teaches us. In fact, over and over, John chapter 10, you can read that chapter, but verse 4 says, When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. 14th verse says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. You can read the whole chapter, and if you read it, you'll find there that the sheep actually recognize the shepherd's voice. That means if I'm a sheep, and he's the shepherd, then I have the ability to recognize his voice. If I'll just take time to listen. And the best place to hear his voice is always in, the, in God's word, and it's very black and white. It's, it's, it's his truth to us. But the reality is that as a spiritual being, I have the ability to pray to God, and as my spirit is connected to his spirit, literally, God can prompt me, God can speak to me through circumstances, God can speak to me through people, God always speaks to me through his word, God can speak to me uh, in a whisper, I don't know about you, but I've never heard the audible voice of God. I think if I did, I'd probably faint. You ever heard the audible voice of God? You hear him through so many things. There's times when you just know that God has prompted you in a certain direction or decision. And if Jesus is the good shepherd, he's got a job. And if I'm the sheep, then I've got a job. My job is to follow. And guess what his job is? His job is to lead. It's incredibly comforting to me to know that his job is to lead and my job is to follow. Jesus said to his first disciples, come and follow me. Our job is just to follow. But if we aren't taking some time to listen and allow him to speak to us, are we following as best as we could? He shows me the way. And I ask him and he'll show me. James chapter 1 verse 6 says that we don't have because we don't ask. If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. If you're trying to make a decision, maybe you don't know what to do because you haven't stopped to ask. David says, show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. And then in my own time with the Lord, I I remember just stopping, and I I just read that, and I kind of meditate on it, And I pause, and I say, Lord, again, I entrust my life to you. The other day I was reading in Timothy, reminded again of of one of the major functions of leadership in the church, where Paul is writing to Timothy and encouraging Timothy. He says, I want to teach you, and I entrust to you 
that you learn and you teach others also. And so I began thinking about this, and and we as as a body of people, many of you have been here for many, many years, and I'm thinking to myself, not in any kind of a judgmental way, but I'm thinking to encourage you and to spur you on, the things that God had been teaching you and you've been learning, are you indeed taking those and teaching others also, teaching your kids and teaching those of you who have grandkids and teaching one another and teaching through the way you live and through the way you speak to those that are close to you, the things that God has entrusted to us. And so as we are learning and, and we're, Tuesdays we're learning to hear from God and I'm encouraging to, to meditate on Scripture and things that God shows you, one of the best ways to retain what God has shown you is to give it away. It's to share it with somebody else. That's why we, we tell people who've accepted Christ, tell somebody. Solidify what God has done. If you want to really learn something, just volunteer to teach Sunday school. I think the teachers probably, and you've all, you that have done that, you learn probably more than the students learn because you're studying. And you're preparing for that class or teaching a, a small group. Or, but as you're studying and, and passing it on to somebody else. We say, I entrust my life to you. I entrust my life to you. I did a brief word study on the word entrust. And it's a full-on surrender. This isn't God, I'm giving you a part of my life. Or I'm going to give you Sunday morning. Or I'm going to give you a certain moment. But I'm entrusting my life to you. You're the one who brings me your word. You're the one who has unfailing love. You're the one that's always faithful. To you, I entrust my whole life. Everything that I have to offer. Everything that I'm going to do in the future. Every hope that I have. Every dream that I have. I want to bring it and use it for your glory. For to you, I entrust my life. And maybe a person has to pause and ask ourselves the question. Lord, have I really entrusted my whole life to you? Do you really have influence in every area of my life? Do you have influence in my private life, my quiet life? My life when no one else is watching? My public life? My education life? My work life? My church life? Life in the neighborhood? Life at the gas pump? Life at the grocery store? Life at the mall? Is my whole life entrusted to you. And ask the Lord to show you, are there any areas of your life that really you've kind of held back and not totally entrusted to him? And he'll show you. He'll show you. I want to read this again, and then I want to pray with us, and I'm going to show one more scripture to walk through um, briefly this morning. I want to read it to you one more time. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. For I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go. For to you I entrust my life. I wonder if we just bow our heads for a moment. and I want to just ask the Holy Spirit to speak into our spirit. If you have a decision to make this week or soon if you're trying to figure out which way to go I pray that God's word would come to you in the morning 
that you'd be filled with faith because of his amazing, amazing, unfailing love. I pray that the good shepherd would speak to you and he would lead and and you would follow. His role is to guide. Our role is to follow. Father, I pray that everyone trying to make a decision today that they'd be sensitive to the voice of your Holy Spirit. They'd be sensitive to what you want to show them in and through Scripture or through a close, trusted friend. God, that you would speak clearly, that we would hear you through your inspired word, that we would hear that still, small whisper that probing, that prompting within our spirit. God, you administer to each one by the power of your Holy Spirit. I thank you, God, that you are faithful. You're faithful to do and perform all that you have said you would do. Help each one of us to totally, truly entrust our whole life 24-7 to you, knowing that you're faithful and you will lead us in your perfect, perfect plan. Amen. In Psalm 126, verse 5, kind of a different verse, and I pondered on it for a long time, wondering, as the psalmist said, those who sow with tears will reap the songs of joy. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. I want to explain a little bit and show, show you kind of what God showed me. And There's something in our world as pastors that a lot of people may not have thought of. See, as pastors, we tend to interact with people generally in the extremes. For example, if I'm meeting with someone or involved in somebody's life, it's so often something that's absolutely amazing has happened to them. Maybe somebody has gotten engaged and they're going to get married, or maybe God has answered some prayer that they've been praying, and and maybe they've been healed, or a family member has been healed, or or something exciting is happening. And and, uh, on the other hand, you know, there's kind of the high point there. On the other hand, so often it's a tragedy. Somebody's had a car accident or someone's passed away or someone's marriage is falling apart or someone just found out they were diagnosed with some inoperable disease or, or most of the time when I'm working with people, it's not the normal course of life. It's really the extremes. Lots of tears and, and lots of heartaches and, and lots of pain. And every single day we're just aware of people that are hurting And we're aware right now that some of you, right in this room, you're going through some things that are really, really painful. And I pray that this verse is going to speak to you. Those who sow in tears. And you're sitting there and you're reading this verse, those who sow in tears. So we start with that word sow. Not a word that we often use, but it's a word that was commonly used in the Bible. It's another word for it might be plant. In the New Testament, Matthew's Gospel, there's a parable where Jesus talks about a sower went out to sow seeds. And back in in that day, you can see him with a a kind of a a bag around his 
his neck and hang on the side of his waist. As he's walking, he's just scattering seeds. He's sowing seeds. He throws them along the ground, hoping that there's going to be a good harvest. Quite honestly, there's a lot of teaching in the Christian world about sowing and reaping, and it generally refers to money. If you sow a seed, you reap a harvest. Sometimes I hesitate to teach that um, too intently because some people move into what has been known as the prosperity gospel. But please understand, the reality is the principle is true. What you sow, you reap. You can't get away from the fact that the principle is true. When you plant a seed, you reap a harvest. What you sow, you'll reap. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 says, The Apostle Paul said, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. You reap what you sow. And it's so true. And here the psalmist is talking about sowing with tears. Now imagine this. Imagine you're hurting. And he says, He's sowing with, with tears. Now, if you're sowing with tears, there's going to be, all the time you're sowing, there's going to be a harvest. Something's going to be harvested. And the psalmist is talking about sowing with tears. Imagine, you're worshiping with your hurt, with your tears. We're not exactly sure who wrote Psalm 126. There's some debate about it. But what we do know is, the writer wrote it after the Babylonian captivity. We're talking about generations of God's people hurting in bondage. You can only imagine how many tears were sown as they're in a circumstance or bondage. And when you think about tears being an offering to God, you're like saying, God, I'm hurting, and I'm, I'm hurting in your direction. God, I'm in pain, and I'm in pain in your direction. Actually, I'm using this hurt to draw my attention, my worship, my focus to you. I'm sowing in tears. Tears are not a bad thing. When you look at it from this perspective... What could tears do? What would that do? Well, just as the ground needs water for a plant to grow, tears are moisture. In a very sense, that could be a spiritual offering that would help bring growth at some point. You might shed tears over an injustice. You might shed tears over bad news. You might shed tears over some kind of hurt, some kind of wound. You might actually shed tears of repentance because you've sinned against God. In fact, that's an interesting question you can ask, we can ask ourselves. When's the last time you've repented so deeply before God for your sinfulness that you were moved to tears? When's the last time that our own condition brought us to the place where we realized we needed God and it brought us to that point and position of tears where we say, God, I hate what I've done so much. I ask you for forgiveness. I plead with you to cleanse me from my sin. I don't want to continue to sin like this. Imagine if you take that and say, God, this pain, this hurt, this grief, this, this grievance over sin, this, this is an offering to you, God. I'm hurting in my pain. I'm hurting in my disappointment. I'm hurting in my repentance. Whatever, God, I'm coming to you and I'm using these tears as an offering. I'm sowing these to you. I'm giving you my hurt. I'm giving you my sin. I'm giving you my pain. I'm giving you my loss. I'm giving it to you. And the next part of the verse is so powerful. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Songs of joy. Songs. Now here's what's interesting. Probably most of us here, we love worship, love music. 
I can't wait to get to heaven to hear what it's going to be like. I, I, you know, we can only imagine what it's going to be, but um, I think we can have a little bit of heaven before we get there. But um, imagine you're crying and, and you're weeping and you're hurting, and, and God turns that, that weeping into an act of worship where maybe a week later, maybe months later, maybe years later, I mean, for God's people, it would have been decades later when they cried out and they said, God, you're faithful. God, you were there. God, you are good. God, you heard our cries. God, you, you comforted us while we were mourning. God, you turned my tears into laughter. You turned my offering of hurt and grief into songs of praise. And then the psalmist, it's actually songs of joy. I love that word joy. So often in our world today, people are pursuing happiness. Happiness at all cost. Just, just, just make me happy. Just, you know, make the kids happy. Just let everybody just be happy, happy, happy. I want happiness. I want to be happy. Well, joy transcends happiness because happiness is based on circumstances or happenings. It's based on what life is like around you. Joy is based on the presence of God. And so it transcends happiness. You can have joy in the middle of something difficult because you recognize God is with you and God is for you. Songs of joy. We sow in tears and through all the things that we go through and, and what you sow, you reap. And, and here the psalmist says, we'll sow in tears and we're going to reap songs of joy. If you sow in tears... You reap with songs of joy. The amazing thing to me is how long it would have taken between the tears and the songs of joy. Not just weeks, not just months, not just years. But for God's people, as the psalmist is writing, it would have been decades. Decades. Yet God proved himself faithful. But we live in a generation society, even though the microwave was invented years and years ago, it's still we want it instant. We want joy now. I was hurting yesterday, but I want joy tomorrow. And sowing takes time for there to be a harvest. And even the tears that we shed and, and, and that we sow sometimes takes a while before we get to the songs of joy. The psalmist is writing about it. could have been a long time, but God proved himself faithful. The praising, the song wasn't immediate, but it was very, very real. And if you're hurting today, the reality is, and some of you are, I would just encourage you to think of it this way. If you're moved to tears, if you feel overwhelmed, if you feel unappreciated, if you feel like you're doing any, everything you can, there's not enough of you to go around. If you've, really, if you've got some really, really bad news, if you feel like you're on the verge of tears, just let them come out. Take them to God and sow them in His presence. Sow them to Him. Say, God, I'm giving you this hurt. If you've sinned against God and you recognize it, say, in a deep moment of repentance, God, these tears are an offering to you. I give my sin to you. I give my need to you. I give my grief to you. And the psalmist says, and our praise is going to speak to somebody. Praise is powerful. Joy is powerful. Joy speaks to people. Those who sow with tears, and as you take it to God, as you give it to God, if you let your hurting become something that drives us to God, those who sow with tears 
will reap with songs of joy. If you're in a circumstance or situation today where you're hurting, maybe you've been misunderstood and there's pain or something going on in your life, I'm honored to pray for you today. Will you bow your heads with me? Father, I want to thank you. God, I ask that these simple words, illustrations would would speak to people today. Holy Spirit, help us to see the value of meditating on Scripture. Allowing your words to speak to us and allowing your Holy Spirit to bring revelation to us, bring understanding, and help us to practically apply it in our life. So, Father, I pray for anyone here this morning who's hurting, for whatever reason, God, that they would see what your word encourages them to do. That they would cast their cares on you. Because you're the one that really cares beyond what anybody else could ever care. You care for them. As you read earlier, you, you have a love that is unfailing. The times when we find ourselves welling up with tears and emotion help us, Lord, to understand that these are times when we're sowing these tears of worship to you and we're giving you our pain and our sorrow and our grief and all the emotions and feelings that we'd be going through. We're sowing it and giving it to you. We're acknowledging that we can't do this on our own. And so we're sowing them, believing that in due time and process, we will reap, as your word says, songs of joy. Times where we don't even know if there's ever going to be another good day, another exciting day. But in the meantime, we're sowing as an act of worship. We're sowing these tears and emotion to you. And I pray, friends, that if you're going through sorrow or hurt or pain or agony, whatever it is that is causing tears in when you're alone or even when you're with people, and you just well up, want us to see it as we're sowing. We're giving to God our grief. We're giving him our pain. We're giving him our sorrow. We're giving him our hurt. We're giving him that misunderstanding. We're, we're giving him that loss. Claiming his word that they that sow in tears will reap with songs of joy. And I pray that each one of you As you do that, you will reap and you will experience the songs of joy. And that you'll be blessed by God's goodness and God's faithfulness. And his word is true. He has never failed. He will never fail. We don't know the timing, but we just keep sowing and keep sowing and keep trusting and keep believing. And keep standing on his word and keep allowing his word to speak to us 
and to encourage us and to reveal to us a little more of his nature and character, knowing that he never fails. And as we reap these songs of joy, people around will know and understand a relationship that is solid with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, immovable by circumstances and life, because Jesus is indeed our rock and our foundation. I wonder if our, as our heads are bowed and you would say, Pastor, God has spoken to me about my need to begin to take some moments and meditate on God's word. Been kind of hit and miss, or maybe it's been totally non-existent. I'm hoping that these little examples might just spur your own imagination and curiosity to spend some time in God's Word. And you'd say, Pastor, I need to get back into doing that. And, and I want to ask for prayer this morning and that the Holy Spirit would remind me and prompt me and, and help me to guard those few moments, whether it be in the morning or at noon or coffee time at work or some break or, or, or whenever. God would just remind you and help you to set that time aside and you'd say, Pastor, yes, would you just pray for me? I, I want to I acknowledge before God today that, yes, that's something I need to reinstate in my life. And I confess to the Lord today that I want to do this and I need his help. And you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Anybody? Up and down. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Appreciate your honesty. Thanks. And as we do this, and I know there's people that, for whatever reason, and there could be a lot of reasons, and you're here this morning, you're hurting. I want to say, God absolutely knows. Some have lost employment, and some have lost savings or, or whatever, and things just have not gone well, or some relationship, or been disappointed over some decision that didn't go the way you'd hoped it would go. And, and whatever has caused the tears to flow, can we see those times as we come before the Lord that those are not bad things. That we sow these tears as an act of worship and saying, God, I'm giving you this hurtful circumstance and situation. I'm giving you these tears I'm believing that your word's going to come true. And I, I just really want to say, God bless every person here who is, right now they're going through a time of tears. And I just pray, God, that as they shed those tears, that they'll see it as, or they're sowing, they're giving this to you, knowing you promised they're going to reap songs of joy. Not songs that are created because of some happy feeling, but Songs that are created because of the tremendous presence of Almighty God in their life. So, Father, I just pray your blessing upon each person. I just say the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you, lift up his countenance on you, and give you peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You know, friends, you can always go to our website or call us or send us an email if there's 
things you're going through and just want someone to join you in prayer, uh, we would just love to do that. And, and I pray that maybe your interest has been stirred a little bit. To, why don't you experiment with just taking some time to meditate on the Word of God? It doesn't, it doesn't take very long. It's allow God to speak to you and, and grow in your relationship with Him. He's got so many things He wants to show us. Amen? God bless you. Make sure you give somebody a handshake, a hug, or 20 bucks, whatever seems to work. Amen.